Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. On News Radio 930 WBEN, this is Buffalo Means Business, where local businesses and services tell their stories. I'm Randy Bushover. If you have one of those stories to share, send me an email at randy.bushover at entercom.com. Joining me now, Andrew Slepian, who is founder of Slepian Law. And Andrew, you have a very specific niche in the law segment in terms of what you do. Yes, I practice immigration law. And where are the offices for you guys? I have an office in downtown Buffalo. I have a satellite office in Rochester, and I have a satellite office in Tampa Bay, although I'm not down there uh, very frequently. What are we looking for, uh, looking at in terms of staff and uh, partners maybe in the firm? So it's just myself with respect to attorneys. I have a, uh, a couple of attorneys that I uh, also work with and re- refer other cases to. I handle mainly the um, uh, family aspect of the immigration laws as well as some removal defense with respect to work-related employment. I work with some other law firms. So it's just me with respect to the family law and the removal defense. I have a couple of paralegals that do uh, some of the form work and paperwork for me. It's a, a fairly small practice but high volume. Just to get a little bit of background, local guy, right? You you kind yes, of sir. born here, raised here, went to school for the most part here before going away to law school, right? Yes, sir. Whereabouts for law school? So I went to Brooklyn Law School. I first went away to Penn State for undergrad and then uh, went on to Brooklyn. Because, as we mentioned off the top, uh, the immigration field being kind of a specialized portion of law, any particular reason that you chose that? It was the first place to offer me a paid job. I really wasn't sure what I wanted to do coming out of law school. Classes didn't really narrow it down for me. I had a couple of jobs throughout law school in different areas, which taught me more what I didn't like than what I did like. When I, so after law school, I moved back to Buffalo. My family's from here. I got a job with an immigration law firm, a local firm, really not knowing anything about immigration law. It was a, a family friend that gave me an opportunity. I caught on, and uh, I took it from there. And having said all that, I mean, obviously, you could have gone and chosen a different path, but you chose to remain in that field. So there must have been something about it that compelled you to stay. I feel like you can help people more in, in this type of law than in a lot of other areas, or I suppose it's a different a, a different type of law than, than I've seen in other in other types of practices. A lot of, a lot of other types of law are, are more paper-based and document-based and behind-the-scenes here, you know, my second day on the job in Buffalo, I was in court uh, defending a case. So this is much more hands-on. It is rewarding. As challenging as, as it is, it, it is rewarding. So um, and, and going back to my first note, it pays the bills. So <laughs> True. Now, among the areas of practice, uh, immigrant visas, as you mentioned, uh, a pretty interesting area, especially in, in light of what's going on currently here. But uh, is that... Is that fair to say or not fair to say that's the largest portion of what you do? 50-50 with respect to my practice. There are immigrant visas, which are permanent visas. You have family-based permanent visas. You have employment-based permanent visas. I handle the family side of things, uh, employment-based immigrant visas. Uh, like I mentioned, I, re- I refer out. Those are green cards. So those are people coming to stay. Beyond that, there are a bunch of different types of non-immigrant visas, which are temporary visas. You've got visitors and students and 
all sorts of stuff, athletes and entertainers and from A to Z, they, they're listed by letter. Those are just two, that's the legal immigration aspect of it. And then you have people who overstay, you have people who enter illegally and they end up in the removal courts and that's another aspect of, of what I handle. So as far as people coming in with immigrant visas, that does take up a large amount of my practice, but I don't even know if it would be half, maybe half at best. You just broke it down because uh, I was going to go into the specific areas. Uh, when you say there's a family-based component, employment-based component, I think most people have a general understanding of what that means, but for the benefit of those who might not, the, let's start with the family-based. So on the family side of things, if you are married to a U.S. citizen, there's a chance for them to petition for you to be able to stay and obtain a green card. There are a couple of different ways to go about it. The traditional way would be is called consular processing. So you meet a foreign national, you get married, they're in another country, you file an initial petition for them, that petition is approved, the file ends up going to the National Visa Center, and the National Visa Center routes everything to their specific consulate, and then they apply for the green card from the consulate. It's called consular processing. There's another uh, uh, way to go about it where if, if someone comes in as a visitor and after a period of time they change their mind and decide to stay or their significant other changes their mind, there's a way for their spouse to petition for them and for them to remain in the U.S. without leaving, and that is called adjustment of status. Not that this, I don't think, answers your question or has anything to do with it, but a, a big, I think, misperception in the public is that there are people here who come in illegally without inspection and get married. Those people cannot stay. They cannot adjust status. They have to leave. In most circumstances, they have to file a waiver, and then they can return. So it's not as simple as it's made out to be, especially with respect to people who are already here. The traditional way to go about it, the consular processing is a, a very straightforward, the, the traditional path, if you will. Right. And the employment-based, now does this uh, touch on, uh, as I know them, because I'm from, uh, as we discussed off-air, Orleans County, where there are a lot of uh, seasonal workers that come in. So would this more apply to them, or is there a different circumstance we're referring to here? So just just going back to the family for one second, there, mm -hmm. are, there are different types of uh, preference categories. So a parent can petition for a child, a sibling can petition for uh, for another sibling, but the length of time you have to wait depends on the relationship. Going to the employment side of things with respect to seasonal workers, um, I actually don't handle, I, th I think you're referring to the H-1B program that's been in the news a lot. I don't handle uh, uh, personally H-1B visas. There are a lot of uh, deadlines involved with that. It's become increasingly difficult to get H-1Bs uh, is my understanding. I know that there have been some proposals about increasing the amount of H-1Bs, but with that, they are cutting back on so, so many other areas that I don't think that will ever be accepted. With respect to the specifics on the H-1B, you know, I, I usually refer those out. So, But uh, again, H-1B is just a small part of the employment-based system. There are permanent visas uh, employment-based, and there are temporary employment uh, visas. So the H-1B would be in, under the temporary category. Speaking with founder Andrew Slepian of Slepian Law here in Buffalo, also satellite office in Rochester. It's Buffalo Means Business on News Radio 930 WBEN. And uh, I know we've just kind of like broad-based everything to talk about uh, under the immigrant visas, but I wanted to move on. Uh, the citizenship slash naturalization process, another aspect of what you do with the firm. So what specifically? I mean, are you you're helping guide them to earn the citizenship? Those who have had green cards for a certain period of time, most of the time it's five years. 
they are eligible to apply for citizenship. So permanent residency is the same thing as a green card. Green card does not equal citizenship. Green card is a, a way to stay here permanently, but if you are not living here and working here and paying taxes here, over time, the U.S. government will figure it out, and you may end up in removal proceedings uh, with that green card uh, being taken away. So after a period of time with the green card, meeting all, uh, uh, certain other requirements, in, including um, they have to have good moral character over that period of time, but they have to meet certain factors and they can apply for citizenship. So my firm helps with the preparation of the form. Uh, we gather the supporting evidence. Um, you know, we, we, we make sure that all of that is put together correctly. If there's any issues related to good moral character, we address those. And beyond the filing of the form, we also appear at the interview with them uh, at USCIS. The local office is at 306 Delaware Avenue. And a couple other, uh, again, just to kind of broad brush, but also make sure we get into all the areas that you deal in, non-immigrant visas. What kind of discussions are we having about those? I don't do a ton of non-immigrant visas. Those are fairly straightforward and handled at the consulate level generally. So you, I have a lot of people calling me for visitor's visas. Most of the time in those circumstances, I will conduct a consultation, explain how it works, and a lot of people handle those on their own. They're filed electronically. Student visas are another temporary visa that a lot of people call me about. But once I explain to them that they have to contact the school and do a lot of the work through the school, a lot of them handle it on their own through that. Those are the two most common. Beyond that, you, you see some athletes and entertainers and that sort of thing. But um, uh, visitors and students, I would say, are the, the two most common that we see at the firm. And again, deportation defense, another aspect of mm -hmm. what goes on for Slepian Law. Pretty straightforward sounding. So uh, that's how I cut my teeth with the first firm, and it has been a large part of the practice since then. It's something that I found that most lawyers either handle the employment side of things or they handle the removal side of things. Very few firms in Buffalo handle it all. It's just, it's really two totally separate areas of law. So uh, I, I first started on the removal side at my first firm. That's all I handled. All of the court stuff came through me. And the rules haven't changed so much on the removal side of, uh, of things, but it has been discretion is, is not uh, uh, as favorable as, uh, as it used to be. The, the prosecutors aren't as agreeable to a lot of things, and there are a lot of things where they would exercise discretion in, uh, in the past, and they're not anymore. With our location close proximity to the Canadian border, I'm guessing there's a lot of traffic in terms of uh, business necessarily coming from Canada to Buffalo for, for your firm. But how would that manifest itself? We're not just talking about Canadians wanting to live here, I'm, I'm guessing. So there are a, a lot of Canadians come, and, and as a Canadian, they can come visit for up to 90 days, just like we can go up to Canada and visit for up to 90 days without a visa. So I have a lot in my practice... The Canadians I deal with are a lot of marriage-based cases where American marries a, a Canadian and the Canadian wants to move here. Another uh, common situation is someone wants to, a Canadian can come in on a TN visa, it's called. Those are only available, I believe, to Canadians and Mexicans. My firm does not handle TNs. There are actually some law firms in Buffalo that only handle TNs and no other employment-based visas. So within the immigration laws, you kind of have to chop it up. And depending on what kind of help you need, you're going to 
you know, a certain lawyer may not handle that type of immigration law, even though they're an immigration specialist. So TNVs is a very specialized area of law that has um, been in the news a lot lately about just changes in the way things are interpreted. Again, the details of that, I'd have to refer you to my TN specialist. As we know, things have certainly changed under the current presidential administration. Does this happen every time someone else is in office, or, or is this, like, not really a big concern? I've only been in practice 10 years, so I've only seen a couple of these transitions. The big change under the prior administration under Obama was with respect to deferred action for um, there were two things. They, he, he implemented deferred action for childhood arrivals, which basically said kids who were brought here under a certain age, who have lived here for a certain period of time, who haven't been in any trouble, who are in school, and they have to prove all of those factors, can stay temporarily. Obama also instructed the prosecutors in the immigration courts to go after only the most violent offenders. And basically, they, they, they listed priorities of who should be removed. And for clients of mine who were in removal proceedings who had been here for a long time without a criminal history with family here, they uh, agreed to pause a lot of those cases and instead focus on the ones with criminal offenses. What has changed recently is that everybody is being thrown in the courts, and it doesn't matter what kind of merits if, if you don't qualify for a specific relief or alternative to deportation, the prosecutor will not agree to pause anything anymore for humanitarian circumstances or just very, in very limited circumstances. Um, whereas before, under what Obama implemented, they had a lot more discretion to pause a case if they saw either that relief would be available in the future or if they saw some sort of humanitarian concern that, that uh, warranted it. And is it fair to say that a lot of what you do, no matter what area of practice is concerned, a lot of it is fact-finding for what you have to do? That, that's, that's always where we start with a consultation. We take usually a solid hour just to go through who you are and where you came from. And have you ever been here before? Have you ever had any violations? Do you have any criminal history? What's your family history? Do you have any family here? What's your work history? And once you put all that together, we can do the math to see what the options are. In most cases, there aren't very many good options, especially in court. A lot of people, their only option is to leave voluntarily. But again, until we go through everything, it's impossible to determine uh, exactly what their options are. So if someone needs to get a hold of you, best way, by phone? Um, by phone is usually the best. You can text my number at 716-870-4788. That goes through to my cell phone. Um, you can reach me via email at andrew at slepian.law or contact at slepianlaw.com. Uh, fax is 716-837-2749. If I like you, I'll tell you my home address. <laughs> that, that Not necessary, but that works. Appreciate it. I understand that, uh, you know, certainly a lot of concepts thrown around in a short amount of time, so the best way would probably be to get a hold of you and get a more detailed version, but thanks just the same. Appreciate it. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. That is Andrew Slepian, founder of Slepian Law, right here in Buffalo. This is Buffalo Means Business on News Radio 930, WBEN. All star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? 
Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.